0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing podcast. I'm Nate, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Josh. How are we doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm
1: not in uh, not in Perth anymore.
0: Can't even say in that Perth anymore. You've across the country. You're... did you fly? You, no, you, you did fly.
1: I did fly. Yeah, I flew into Melbourne last weekend, and um, and yeah, now I'm out at, at East Victoria. So yeah.
0: Don't don't disclose your location, mate. Top secret what you do. So (laughs) don't don't disclose where you are. Uh, Um, Yeah, you made it. Made it through the airport. All right. No lock. You know, Melbourne have been in lockdowns and
1: yeah, it was weird. Melbourne was in lockdown. Um, so I went and stayed with a mate, uh, overnight because I got in nice and late. We woke up in a nice Melbourne winter morning and went for a swim like you do, and um, (laughs) and then drove out this way. So it's been good. Mate,
0: uh, I guess uh, is it is it pointless me asking you what you think of the uh, view of the earnings this week, earnings season on the share market? Uh, have you been? Mate, you wouldn't I, have looked at it.
1: I would like you to tell me about it. I've I've been living off minimal sleep as you have. Congratulations to yourself, mate.
0: Thank you. Yep, fourth fourth little girl this week.
1: Yep, four girls. So five girls in the house and you. How yep, do you feel? An army. <laughs> outnumbered. Outnumbered. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, so we've 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 both had a pretty good sleep week, haven't we? <laughs>
0: or lack thereof, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. Well, let's uh let's talk investing. Let's do, it, mate. So uh,
0: we are going to tackle the question of free cash flow tonight, and what is it, and why is it good, and what does it mean to us, and what we're looking for, and and hopefully go through some of those questions um through tonight. So. I mean, where do we start, mate? What is, what is free cash flow?
1: Oh, I guess as the name describes, it's the free cash flow left after all expenses in some sense. That's not it. Uh, you know, not taking into account dividends or that kind of stuff, but that's basically the free cash flow is what the company is going to use to pay off either their debt or pay back their shareholders in one way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, so I mean, uh, this is typically not i mean a lot of the novice investors don't we, we don't you don't hear about free cash flow very often you know and we, we you know briefly at the top of the show there we talked about um the earnings season and so forth you you always hear about the earnings um forecast earnings and this is what we had earnings it's it's risen by 20 percent this year you never really hear a ceo or a company come out in earnings season or in their annual reports and say hey we're absolutely flushed with free cash flow um you know we're doing great work why, why is that is it the accounting uh, general accounting uh, principles you know the reporting there or or is it that um what is it
1: yeah i i guess i can't give an exact answer for that i know companies usually talk more so on uh ebitda and earnings per yeah. share um, yeah but I guess, like as a legacy investor, we're more concerned about yeah earnings per share, definitely. But we're more concerned about cash flow, especially free cash flow. Um, EBITDA doesn't really matter too much to us.
0: It's a bit of a um, what's the word? Um, well, it's 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 yeah a thing that's thrown out there. It's a little bit like a um false sense of earnings in some ways. You know, it can be a little bit um. You know, put, a, put a blanket over your face a little bit on what a company's actually getting, isn't it? So a company um, could be making great earnings, building on their earnings each year, but they actually may not have a lot of cash because they're spending those earnings back into the business yeah. on things such as um, you know, equipment or maintenance or you know, a, a new um, production line or something. And, and so they're, they're spending all that money. Yeah, And, and thus there's, there's no cash
1: exactly exactly you can have a you know a heck of a lot of net income but have a negative cash flow at the end of the day so you know EBITDA looks better on paper definitely and I think that may be one reason why it's used but um, I guess it's a generally accepted account principle I know um, I guess you know they use it in their annual reports and they talk about it a lot uh, it probably helps them more so with their projections and so forth but it's not really important too much, and I guess we should probably say for anybody who doesn't know what EBITDA is, it's earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortisation. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's, it's it's before we'll get into it a little bit. You know, it's before a few things that that go on, but yeah. Um, we're really you know we're tackling free cash flow. Why it's why it's important. So yeah, so essentially you know it's a free cash flow. As Josh said, it you know it's it's the cash available to the, com- the company to pay back debt. Uh, Pay off dividends or use for for sharebacks, essentially. So, yeah, um, that's the that's the simplistic definition. Um, Is free cash flow the same as operating cash flow? It's not.
1: No, it's not. So, operating cash flow. uh, What gets taken out of operating cash flow to create free cash flow is uh, capital expenditures. Correct. So, So, yeah.
0: that that essentially leads into how we get to free cash flow. But um, before I go there, Josh, um, you know, I think we mentioned earlier, like we can't just go to the annual report often and find free cash flow. It's not really reported well. It's it's typically a hard one to find, but it's an important one for us to find, and we've mentioned why. Um, like where do we find free cash flow? You know, how do you find it?
1: Yeah, you know, I I usually uh, go a, as an investor. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, short of working that out yourself, because um, they, like you said, most annual reports on the financial statement won't actually give you free cash flow. Some companies do, but most don't. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you go to most analyst sites, uh, I know Wall Street Journal. I've talked about it a lot. I use it a lot. Um, Wall Street yeah. Journal shows you the free cash flow, and um, that's just the easiest way to do it. You could Google, you know, whatever yeah. company is an FCF, short for free cash flow, and you'll you usually yeah. get it. So. That's probably the easiest okay. way.
0: And they report that free cash flow on the prior uh, twelve trailing twelve months. Yep.
1: They reported on the annual report uh, yeah. year. So Post. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I I don't think they really give a uh, TTM like a trailing twelve month free cash flow. It's usually just per annual report.
0: Okay, and that's so that's the way you do it. But mm-hmm. we can manually um, figure out the free cash flow ourselves by looking at the uh, operating cash flow.
1: So, yes.
0: cash flow statement yeah
1: yeah yeah so Um, basically free uh free cash flow you go to operating cash flow which is on as you said the cash flow statement um and then under that under investing activities you've got uh capital expenditures or uh you know cost of ppe which is purchase of property plant and equipment um so that is that is removed uh, from the operating cash flow and then you end up with free cash
0: flow. So yeah, the formula for free cash flow is we go to the cash flow statement, we take the operating cash flow, which is different to the net income. Mm-hmm. Um, the net income is often the top line you'll see. So you take the operating cash flow, um, have a look down a few lines, you'll see a bunch of stuff there that um, has been purchased. You'll see purchase for property, uh, plan and equipment. We want to subtract that from the operating cash flow and we're left with free cash flow. That is correct. Legend. Awesome. Um, do you do that much, mate? Or you, I mean, you've just made it sound so much easier just to go to Wall Street Journal.
1: Yeah, Wall Street <laughs> Journal is super easy because um, another word for free cash flow is cash flow for owners because at the end of the day, uh, that cash flow, which is the company's free cash flow, that's money in the back pocket if you own the company. You know, That is your money. So that's the money that they're going to use to pay us as, you know, in dividends or potentially buy back their company, like in purchase of uh, buybacks, which is going to give us a higher percentage of ownership of the company.
0: Well, as legacy investors, when we're buying a company, we're really, we're kind of looking at it this way as though we're, you know, you're buying a property, you're an owner of a property. Really at the end of the day, we want to figure out if we're investing in property, we want to know, well, how much money is coming back to us as the owner? So you you buy your property, you get some rental income. Um, you have, you know, taxes to pay. You've got interest to pay, um, and at the end of the day, we've got a figure left over. Now that might be, let's say, we have twenty grand of earnings at the end of the year, but you know, the washing machine is uh, the washing the dishwasher is broken in the rental property. We have to fix that. There's a plum, you know, plumbing issue. You have to fix that, and that might bring though, that uh, earnings down to uh, fifteen grand. That's our free cash flow at the end. And that's the way we want to view things when we're buying businesses on the share market as a legacy investor. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. So, mate, you also mentioned, you know, why is, you know, for us, the free cash flow, if we're purchasing stuff in the uh, share market, we're buying businesses in the share market, there's three ways that we can get the free cash flow really returned to us as investors. Um, And you you have mentioned them uh, briefly there. Uh, One is that the business itself can reinvest that cash flow. So they might, um, you know, we talked about the uh, property plan equipment. They might be, you know, buy another um, production line or make another production line. That can be some good stuff. Uh, They don't want to be doing that all the time. So they can reinvest the business in marketing or whatever, you know, along those lines. Um, A a really good example of that is Amazon, I think. Um, You know, this is a a business that often wasn't sort of, so-called profitable but they were cons- consistently um, pushing their you know their cash flows back into sort of reinvesting in the business the, the second one is dividends and you mentioned that one um, and the third one is share buybacks which if done really really well can be really effective um, to share buybacks particularly if they're buying their own stock back at a decent price
1: yeah definitely it's just giving us a higher ownership of the company and if they are buying their stock back at a decent price it's kind of creating a flaw for us as investors we probably won't see the share price drop much lower than that if the company is aggressively buying it back at that price which helps us as investors
0: and if we so, so another thing with the free cash flow why, why is it important to us can we use the free cash flow to um you know project you know what a business might be worth or you know what's the free cash flow for us good at in terms of you know uh, i guess payback time
1: yeah sure sure well first of all free cash flow is good because if a company is creating heaps of free cash it's you know cash is king at the end of the day so it's a very nice thing to see in the business you're owning but yes um you know free cash flow is used to uh evaluate a company in terms of payback time um and payback time you know, on the open stock market, uh, you know, av- you know long term, averagely, um, investors are happy to wait 15 years to have their capital returned to them. And, and we're talking in terms of not, not so much as an individual investor in a public company. But we want to look at a company as if we owned it, you know, we, we don't want to buy a company unless we were willing to, buy the whole company if we had the funds and buy that whole company and if you're not willing to hold it for 10 years you don't want to hold it for 10 seconds you know that's legacy investing so we look at everything as if we're buying the whole company and we look at that and we use the free cash flow then to work out how long it would take us to have our invested capital return to us so as i said on the open stock market uh most investors you know over the History of have seen that it's like they're happy to pay 15 times. Um, we, as legacy investors, to get a margin of safety, only want to pay eight times.
0: Yeah. So just to explain that, so the 15 times means if you, um, you know, it's it's how long, how many years it's going to take for us to get our initial investment back to ourselves. Yes, in cash. Correct. In cash, right? So if we put a hundred thousand dollars in the share market. Or into a share. How long is it going to take us to get that back to us? And and you're saying the average over many, many, many years—hundred years, I think it is—in the um, share market has been fifteen times.
1: Approximately fifteen times, yes. Fifteen years that is. Sorry, fifteen years. Fifteen years,
0: yeah. So, and and as legacy investors, we are really trying to buy businesses uh, with a margin of big margin of safety, and we're trying to buy these these guys at eight, seven, or eight, or nine times. Yeah. Um, or nine years um, in terms of a payback time and we have spoken earlier about different different ways to value we haven't probably gone into it really deep and that will be coming up but um, payback time is just one of those ways to value the business um, as Josh has explained it's the time we get it back so payback time is, is the free cash flow we want to um, just quickly we won't get into this too deep but you, you then put a growth rate on it too don't you
1: yeah, for sure. So if you can um, look back in the past and see that, you know, a company's free cash flow is growing year on year. Um, like we've talked about, operating cash flow is one of our, you know, key growth indicators. You know, ideally we would do free cash flow of, instead of operating cash flow. And I, I often do that. I'll, I'll use free cash flow instead of operating cash flow because at the end of the day, that is the money in the back pocket of the owner, you know. So, I will look at free cash flow, hopefully it's growing at 10% year on year, Um, and then you can grow that cash flow into the future. You know, if you still think it's going to grow at that rate, you can grow that cash flow into the future, continuing at that rate or whatever rate you come come up with, and then that goes towards paying you back quicker. So, you know, if it's paying you back $100, but it's growing at 10% a year, the next year it's gonna pay you back $110. Next year it's gonna pay you back $121 and so forth. So you can use that growth in your evaluation.
0: Yeah, so so that's the payback time. I can't remember, have we gone through the payback time formula? Have we gone through all the ways to value businesses in previous episodes? The 10 cap, uh, margin of safety,
1: yeah, I don't know if we've done
0: it in super detail. Oh, super we detail. We
1: we went through it in uh, when we went through each of the four um, nice. each of the four yeah fundamentals basically. So I don't think yeah. we I think we dive deep into margin of safety, not too deep into free cash flow and stuff. So yeah.
0: we might do some more numbers, but uh, free cash flow is a good uh, good way to um, kick things off. and it's just a, it is a really important one of the more important uh, metrics, uh, key metric for us here as as legacy investors um as you mentioned um i think it's it's really important to look at that and get familiar with the um cash flow statement um i know you said you can go to wall street journal but you can have you know we want to look through and, and really see that operating cash flow and, and we talked about um you often hear that term capex and that's capital expenditure so there are some companies that you know make great earnings but they do not making great free cash flow And i think a good example of that is like a car manufacturer where you know, they're pumping out cars and then every, new, every year they have to put a whole bunch of money back into the new model and, you know, they're getting rid of uh, old stock. And so those companies, they might make huge earnings, but there's not a lot of free cash flow there. So it's really good to go through and have a look at what the business is actually spending their money on in terms of, I think, CapEx. The other one is, you know, the oil companies. Uh, I think Warren Buffett made in his, uh, his 1986 letter to shareholders, Buffett talks about owner earnings he, and and Buffett's a big one about owner earnings and free cash flow. And, and um, he defines sort of, I'll actually read the quote out here. Uh, his owner earnings represent reported earnings plus depreciation, depletion and motorization and certain other non-cash charges, such as uh, company items. Um, and we want to minus uh, the average annual amount of capital expenditures from plant and equipment. So, I mean, even back in 19, Eighty-six. Buffett was talking about this um, free cash flow formula, and he does go on to talk about, you know, oil companies, especially you know those types of uh, companies that are really heavy capex. That you know, we, we try and steer away from those
1: guys. Yeah, for sure. Just to just to add to that, you know, what what Warren Buffett said, owner earnings, um, you know, takes into takes into account a few more. Uh, items I guess Uh, so owner earnings is more so used for our real estate model of um, of valuing a company yep so yeah the 10 cap mode because we want to know you know basically the owner earnings where free cash flow is slightly I guess different to owner earnings um, because when you're looking at owner earnings you're wanting to add back in you know tax provisions Mm. and all that good stuff but they're very similar anyway but yeah he he's looking at this stuff back then showing that you know back then he was still the same philosophy as he is today and you know it just goes to show it's a winning philosophy
0: it's a great yes has, just has a great understanding of businesses uh, in his competence and, and a great understanding of um i guess the numbers um i'm reading his his uh, buffett book at the moment uh, Snowball. Uh, he's, He's just all over it in terms of um understanding business but i mean he he, he did make mistakes and he does he does talk about some of those mistakes um but was really actually just to sidetrack on the snowball a little bit it's really interesting because he he does use his big uh juggernaut businesses you know berkshire um and back in the day it was uh blue chip stamps and i'm trying to remember the other one uh a third company with um charlie munger um and those companies, the, the Berkshire Hathaway was a textile company that was making, it was terrible. And um, yeah. what, they were, what they were doing were, what he was doing was buying um, private businesses that were just spitting out so much free cash flow. And he was taking the free cash flow and reinvesting it. And we, we talked about earlier, one way to get our money back is through reinvestment, dividends or share buybacks. Well, Buffett was doing this through his Berkshire and his blue chip stamp company and the other company. Buying um, great private businesses that were just spitting out all this free cash flow. And he was reinvesting it made it into other businesses. And he just kept that juggernaut going. Um, really impressive. Yeah, it's really interesting. But, you know, very, very um, on topic with free cash flow talk. It's not.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, that just goes to show the importance of cash. You know, we hear it time and time again from all different sources. Cash is king. At the end of the day, you know, if companies creating, you know, revenue and creating net income, but it's going backwards in cash, and it's got no money to pay for things. Cash is what mm. matters at the end of the day, and that that's a company that's going to be, you know, pulling more on debt and debt resources to try and pay for things because at the end of the day, you can't pay anything without cash. Yeah, great
0: point, mate. Like we do want, um you know, the CEO, CEOs of companies often. Um, a focus a lot on earnings and earnings you know, before depreciation and all that sort of earnings per share you mentioned earlier. Um, but we, we really want um, the CEOs you know, to be reinvesting their free cash flow into the business. Um, and really we want it to come back to us as shareholders.
1: Definitely. At the end of the day, as well, we invest, we want cash. <laughs> we want to yeah. create wealth. I, I would
0: challenge anyone listening tonight to go to the um, cash flow statement and have a bit of a look at this. Um, even bring up Apple. Apple's a great one that's just spits out so much cash. Uh, we've talked about A2 Milk before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's also got great free cash flow. Um, and, and it means, you mentioned it just briefly there, it means that if something comes up, these companies can pay cash for something. They're not having to dig deep into, you know, they're not having to go into debt, you know, when things get, you know, like a situation like COVID. Um, yeah. We saw a lot of companies get into trouble. Um, and take on massive amounts of more debt. And um, the, the good companies that have been always sort of ready for these um, events in history have this free cash flow that they can now go out and um, buy other businesses or buy other companies and, you know, they, they're cashed up and ready.
1: Yeah, 100%. And um, yeah, like you said, through COVID right now, like you look at the companies that did take on debt, but you look at the bigger companies, or even you mentioned A2 Milk there, like they've had a massive downturn recently you know a lot of problems but at the end of the day they don't have to take on debt because they had a billion dollars worth of cash and you know, they even made a purchase during this period you know so you know, just goes to show cash is king um the markets are emotional bad news makes markets change but at the end of the day if companies set themselves up for these periods it goes to show a lot for the company so
0: yeah, quite remarkable for A2 Milk there with a uh, billion dollars and pretty much a billion dollars in cash flow during, you know, basically their worst event they're going through, you know, where their earnings have yeah. been almost halved, I think, um, you know, to to still have all that money to go and buy a, a, another big manufacturing business, pretty impressive. Um, and that's what you said, you, that's what we want, that's what we're looking for. Uh, again, I challenge people to go out and, and check out the cash flow statements and, and have a look at these numbers. Um, there's some good stuff on YouTube that really teaches you how to do it. Um, Apple's a great one. A2 Milk's a great one. Um, and and you know if anyone has a watch list out there, have a look at their watch list and look at the companies and see you know and we may have thought they were doing you know great earnings and they look like a great company and um, but maybe there's no free cash flow. So hopefully we've explained free cash flow tonight, what it is and why it's important for us uh, well enough. Mate, have you got any? Uh, yeah. Final thoughts on free cash flow and
1: yeah, just 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 once again reiterating, uh, free cash flow is so important. You know, it's, at the end of the day, cash is king with the company, and you know, you can also use free cash flow. I know we've talked about you know when you're looking at debt and how long it takes to pay off debt from that income. Well, even better if you can work out how long it takes off uh, takes to pay off debt using free cash flow you know, year mm-hmm. on year. If, it, if it's under three years of free cash flow to pay off debt, you're doing pretty well. Because um at the end of the day, net income isn't usable cash straight away. Free cash flow is cash in the back pocket that you can pull out and pay anything for. So
0: Yeah, and that's a key point. It's not future earnings there. It, it, free cash flow is money in the bank. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, mate. Well, uh, I'm glad we could catch up tonight uh, given uh, we've had both have pretty epic weeks. So... Um, yeah, great to talk free cash flow and do a little bit more learning this week. Um that's what we're all about on the legacy investing podcast. We are trying to learn more, dig deeper, become better investors, and um, you know really try and you know, you know make it a really nice um, you know legacy for for ourselves and our families in the future and and those listening, hopefully um, everyone's learning a little bit as well.
1: For sure, for sure. thanks for uh, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I know we've been a bit off on timing. Time's a bit different at the moment. And I apologize for all the noise in the background. I'm communal living at the moment. But hey, the show's got to go on. So has got to go on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Excellent, mate. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week. Tune in. Uh, yeah, like us on Spotify and iTunes. And
1: uh, yeah, mate, have a great week. Yeah, appreciate your time, mate. Have a good one. Catch up. All information on the Legacy Investing podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.